Howdy, everybody. Bob Tallman for No Spin Rodeo. No politics, no BS. Just hard-hitting news and rodeo commentary from two of the most trusted sources in our sport. Kendra Santos, Tommy Joe, Lucia. Listen up. Here we go. Well, good Thursday morning here at the amazing South Point Hotel and Casino right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And good morning to my two comrades, the three amigos here, Greg Teagarden on production, and the lady in pink, uh, the first lady of Pro Rodeo Journalism, Kendra Santos. Good morning, friends. Good morning. And I'll say, because a lot of people don't yet know Greg, yesterday when we had our makeup round for round six, you know, in the morning, we switched. I do the rodeo deep dive show. Amy Wilson's our host, and I'm helping to produce that again this year. And we do it at Cowboy Christmas at the Cowboy Channel stage every day live, 1.30 to 2. But yesterday, because the rodeo moms like me as a rodeo journalist, we were at, at the morning rodeo. We had to, you know, switch it up a little bit. So we did it out in the middle of an empty fan zone out in front of the Thomas & Mack with Sherry Cooper and Jennifer Kimsey, who are amazing. But we're on a break, and, and this, this white tent thing right next to the stage, the side, um, what's that called, uh, that holds things together? Velcro. Velcro starts peeling apart, and I'm like, what the hell? Somebody's walking out of the side of this <laughs> tent. It's Greg Teagarden. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing in there? Yeah. I was uh, I was doing some work and stream and watching. I got to watch the just watch the stri- the Cowboy Channel feed out there, but the wind had blown the Velcro shut and it sealed it top to bottom. And I was just I didn't realize you guys were out there and just ripped it right open. It's all good. It's it's. If anybody thinks our jobs are all sexy, we're sleep deprived, and I'm writing stories in parking lots, and it's it's kind of amusing by by now, but. Luckily, we do love it. I would love to say at the open that um, when I walked in, well, on our drive out to the Wednesday morning um, makeup performance that was round six, um, Oates started getting phone calls that Mike Mathis had, rodeo announcer Mike Mathis had died in the night. To our knowledge, that was not expected. And so when, when, I, when I got into the building, it was pretty cool. Mike would have been proud that, that on the monitors, on the concourse, there was a picture of him and with his birth year and, and you know, to 2023. And I, I know that would have made him proud. Um, anyway, our rodeo families, our rodeo family. So love prayers, thoughts with Mike's family, and we're all his friends. Yeah, Shan, prayers for her. And it's, I I got a text about one, uh, three in the morning from Donna. She's like, oh, my God, I think Mike passed away. And, and I was kind of half out of it. And I said, Mike who? And she had texted a screenshot. And um, I was, it, it, it kind of hit me a little bit. Um, you know, Mike was one of the original announcers when I started producing the PBR event. Yes, and I worked for the PBR then also. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and he that, smoked, and that he had that gravelly like voice. A, yeah, he yes. smoked like a smoke chain. Yes. And I remember 
I don't know. It was one of the first runs of the tour, usually like a Worcester, Massachusetts or something. Mike walks up. I said, how are you doing? He goes, I'm doing okay. I quit smoking. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, I quit smoking. I said, well, what about your voice? He goes, no, they told me I've screwed this up enough. It's not going to change. I'm good. Um, and uh, But I was surprised. I did not realize that Mike was 75. And isn't it great? that at 75, you're hosting the Ram tailgate parties here at South Point, um, essentially announcing one of the perfs, they lost audio up here, and Mike announced it, right, at 75, right, picked it right up, um, and, you know, he was close to Liesl Harris, and I can see him and Liesl, (laughs) him, Liesl, dad, Cotton. I mean, you know, you start to see this group uh, at Heaven's Doors at that arena, and uh, gonna miss Mike and praying for his family. But he had a, a great run in our sport. He did, and he also served quite for many, many years. You know, in the in the administration, not not on a in a staff role at the PRCA, but as a as a representative. Board and member. he and he worked hard for for a lot of years. And I I do think. He really did try to do what was right for our sport. And so, anyway, we, we go back to the PBR with him. We've known him a very long time. But I've seen him out here, you know, in the last few years when, when my two boys roped in the PRCA permit challenge. Mike was the announcer. You know, he 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 kept blowing and going hard to, right to the end. So, good for him. And everybody remembers Mike's voice. But I remember if he really laughed, he <laughs> if you remember me, he would go... <laughs> And and so that's what I <laughs> so that's what I remember. I remember a big heart. So hats off to to one of ours who we lost. And uh, so I was thinking on today. It's really hard in thirty minutes. We've got three rounds. So what I was going to pitch out to you is we just hit highlights, like big notes, takeaways since we've set together. Um, and because if we deep dive very much here, oh is not going to be happy, and I think he's probably, he's hauling Yetis now without your help, so you're probably already in trouble. <laughs> um, but I, So I'm going to start with that 10 o'clock perf, and then I'll kick it to you. You, you kind of, here's what I was amazed. Ann Bleicher on our team posted on the Utah Days of 47 social a picture in the building, and I couldn't believe how many people were there, right? Mm-hmm. And then I found out that, and this is cool, Beans, all of the UNLV students invited, um, first responders invited for yes. free, and they showed up along with the family members. The PRC invited several first responders into their suite, and you know, cool, cool beans. I thought it was super cool, and I was I was really happy to um, to of course get to be there. There were a fraction of the people, but but the diversity in those stands. Hardcore fans that were families of contestants, SOC contractors, and contract personnel. And then, I couldn't agree more, inviting students. We had people uh, sitting right in front of us who had never been to a rodeo before, first responder types. And it was, a, it was a much smaller than usual crowd. Nobody in the upper deck, but everybody, we all got cozy down, Gold Buckle Plaza, and, and hardcore fans sitting side by side with first responders, including people who dealt with the UNLV tragedy the other day. And, and to me last night in our, you know, double header night 
what really stood out in the opening was we, well, same in the, in the morning, um, as a people, we stand for our flag and we, when we stand, we're very respectful and grateful for the first responders and for our soldiers. We also stand for our soldiers every single time, whether it's slack or not. And it's cool. I'm proud of us for that. Yeah. It, um, and of course you were there. I, um, Hambone who co-hosts rump chat had to be at the building. So I went over. So big shout out to, um, Rumford. I was a co-host on rump chat and, uh, they, Trader. Well, no, I'm just he, kidding. Don't, yeah, that's, he <laughs> was so like he was so it's nice on joking. it. He was like, "I want everybody to do good," and then we went and got on Flint Show. Which, and my wife says to me, "Well, you're not you don't normally do those." I said, "That's because all their guests who are at the Thomas and Matt. Yeah, right. It's for the reason I it's was cool. over there. It's that's cool, and that's just another example of the millionth example of of the camaraderie that we all have. Um, but I, it was a smaller crowd at the round six morning, but it was very strong and very upbeat, and and you know, it was a great crowd. And walks by. Hi, Robert. One of the high one of the high guys in the professional bull riders, Mr. Robert Simpson. Known him since Lazy E. Yes, sir. Hello. Long time. Good morning. Good morning, champ. Kendra's known you longer. Really? <laughs> Shit, I was five years in. Oh, well. Good morning, Robert. Welcome Hi, Robert. to South Point. Unpack your bags. I'm sorry about that. No, it's it. It was, it was a fan. It was fantastic. And and since we better get to some event talk, I will say, super cool for me personally. Not only because he's my tattoo bareback rider, but he's my tattoo bareback rider because. Of a, of a heart choice, Jacob Lees and Tanner Ross split the round in round six. It was Jacob Lees' first NFR win and victory lap. And what's, you know, it's, it lists him now from Caldwell, Idaho. But when, when my kids are in high school rodeo, Jacob Lees, hi, Sherry. Um, Jacob Lees was our lone bareback rider in District 7 on the Central Coast of California. And I, I'm almost positive, I'm, I, I am positive, that, that, that his senior year, he didn't make the whistle until the last, till our last final rodeo, the last day of the last rodeo. And to see him win around at the NFR, that's I like, so cool. That so, is super. Yep. That is super. Well, I didn't dig much into the specific rounds. If you have some highlights from the specific rounds that you want to pull out, like because okay. I've got some stuff that's kind of you know me, I'm not the, I'm not the, that guy. But I've got some bigger things that I'd like to talk about after we dive into the highlights of the round. Well, let's let let's just mention also that last night Clayton Bigelow, um, 2019 World Champ, won the round in the bareback riding and. Um, that kid I've watched his whole life was, I have been great friends forever with his dad, Russ, who's named after my uncle Russ, by the way. But anyway, um, Clayton Bigelow, you know, last night they, they, um, awarded Josh Frost his fourth Linderman award for, you know, being amazing at both ends of the arena. Don't be shocked if, if, if we at one point see Clayton Bigelow somehow in that mix, because he, Having watched him grown up, grow up, his mother is like from a world-class horse jumping family. Clayton can jump jump a horse with the best of them. He grew up a, 
I, I almost positive he was a state champion cutter in high school, and he ropes. He's a very high-end roper, and by the way, he will beat your ass on the golf course. So that, that kid's an all-around hand in multiple sports. Well, I was glad to see, of course, I've said it before, but I'm partial to Tim O'Connell because of Three Hills Rodeo and knowing him since he's a little guy. And good to see him up in the money. Interesting, I talked to his dad, Ray, and his mom. And, you know, as we've talked about earlier, the rodeo families come in, and they're there to help take care of the kids and the grandkids and support. And they and a couple interesting things out of that conversation. One was they were considerably nervous about, about the postponed performance. I never thought about this because everybody has taken off work and they got to go back to work on Monday. And so they were relieved the way it shook out. And then we kind of talked about Tim. And I said, you know, he, he, he didn't start. He didn't have the start he wanted. Well, interestingly enough, he brought three bareback riggins. And he told his dad... The first night when he ran his hand in the first bareback rig, and he said it just didn't feel right. He said, I couldn't lock it down. You know, you see those guys pop it in, and then they lock it down. And I assume, because I've only got on one bareback horse, and it was, it was with a soft handle, and I'll never, that's terrifying. But anyway, um, he said it just didn't feel right. He said it, his dad, Ray, said it was kind of, it felt like he was holding a five-gallon bucket by the tips of his fingers. And so he made some changes, got into a new rigging, and he told me on his, interestingly, the bareback riders have a traditional trip to the fan zone to visit the Zen exhibit. So if you're looking, actually, if you're looking for, here's a little sideline tip. If you're looking for an autograph from one of the bareback riders, you might hit the fan zone around 334 because they'll be coming to get their Zen. But anyway, he told me, he said, no, my new rigging feels good. So I'm glad to see Tim back on track. And if he gets back on track, they're, they're, he'll stay in the top five and there won't be as much money to spread around because Tim is a real threat. Tim is one of those, he's, he, for me, he's a little bit like a Bo Bobby Moat-ish. Like, they, they do not make very many mistakes. Right. And, and I've gotten a kick out of some of the videos I've seen from, you know, cowboys showing me because they knew I would know it was funny. But the music selections in this year's uh, Bareback Riding Locker Room, Tim, with his short haircut, and I'm guessing that is not what he listens to. It's not what I listen to. But he's like... You know, uh, hmm, okay. Um, he's a little more straight-laced, I think, than, um, you know, this this wild bunch that's that's coming on hard. Um, and one last thing about Clayton, who struck last night. Hello, good morning. Um, before we move along, is he and Annie Rose are brand-new parents to a little boy named Callahan. And so congratulations to the Bigelows. That's super exciting. And, and I've noticed that... Um, little Annie Rose, who grew up also high school rodeoing with my kids, um, she was not up on that stage because she was in the room with the baby, you know, at the buckle buckle deal. So, anyway, congratulations to the Bigelows. That's super exciting. Let, we better rip on to the okay. wrestling. Okay. Um, so, w one thing of note, um, there have been some controversial calls here in the last few days since we got together. Um, one of them... Uh, was in the steer wrestling, and it was with Tyler Waggis back, and, and there's a lot of, hi, Chris, um, you know, question marks, various opinions, and, and by the way, several Hall of Fame steer wrestlers that I'm in the midst of have watched it over and over and aren't even sure, so this is not a rip against the they judges aren't, because... They aren't sure? Well, I'm just saying, like, 
people have watched the video. They've stopped it. It was the, the basics of it is whether or not, you know, a steer, the steer hung a leg and, and this, the leg was starting to come out. No, you know, there, his leg kicked out. Well, well, I'm just saying and, a lot of people think his leg waiting, did kick out. I've been waiting for 24 hours to get you beside me to have you argue against replay. No, 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 no. I'm not arguing against replay. You have in the past with me. Uh, I'm, all I've said about replay is not that I'm against it. It's that you better have it together in how you use it. And you better, you have to have an, you know, an absolute expert at the wheel. There are things you, you also, you, you have to be, hmm. You, you have to be so honest. You can't, you can't use it to brag that you have it. You, you, it has to be legit. But in that case, it still would have been hard because, because the best in business were still arguing. I'm saying clearly I understand, you know, like. Um, we from, agree to disagree. No, no, no. I'm not saying it was. 18,000 people on the replay watch that leg No, no. I, I, am, I am with you. I, I am with you. I think everybody agrees that, that he had a flag coming before he did. So, but I'm just saying before we turn feather somebody who watched it once in real time, that's... And I am not. Now, yeah. let me make this real clear. Advocating for replay is not a bash there. on the field I judges. I got it. It would help they, the judges. It's the same thing as in other sports. Right. They see it the way they see it. Right, they make a call, and then someone, an expert, and you're right. You would have to do this right, but it's not that hard to do it right. right looks at it, and if there is overruling video evidence, right. it gets overturned. If right. not, just like it works in other sports. Fair. Fair. What and he saw so all, my point in even bringing this up is not to rise your blood pressure this morning, but to. To say to people watching, if you're wondering why in the last couple rounds, Tyler Wagasback has been being very deliberate with his 150% <laughs> flat fall throw and, and holding it and for holding a second it. or two. Hey, yeah. that's, that's, I'm just saying that's the reason. And, and by the way, we were all thrilled to see him um, share the victory lap with Stan Branco last night. Stan Branco is having a hell of a week. Well, and you had the same situation. We'll get into team roping. Yes. With the crossfire and Proctor. And, and here's what I have to say on that. I'm not going to rag on replay anymore. Let's back up one second. Okay. Um, a couple of days ago, uh, you know, after highs, lows, highs, um, Coleman Proctor and Logan Medlin, they're 3-1 and get flagged up for crossfire. Now, go ahead. True. This, thank that you. was for Thanks a world for record and an NFR record. That was – I should have clarified. But – out of all that, they get flagged out. Unbelievable run. Coleman Proctor gets on his Instagram and was about as cool. Like, and I, I was just going to glance through it, and then I couldn't quit listening to him. And he was such a pro. He was he was advocating that the fact that you know there was probably a crossfire that wasn't called in his past that might have got them there, and he was. And it was organic. He was not angry. And again, and I'm not, I'm not angry at the f call on the field. I just really want to see it right at the Super Bowl of Rodeo. Uh-oh. Um, that's just, it just, it just, it, 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 yeah. I want the right people to win. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And yes, Coleman, 
it was a little bit reminiscent for me of Coleman's Grace, which is classic Coleman. Um, but I mean, that's for a world record. Like you may never have the chance to do that again. Correct. But what I'll say, like Coleman and that little bay horse Heisman had been bad medicine, like night after night, night. and amazing. And and what it reminded me of a little bit with his Grace was the year that Luke Branquino gets flagged out in a very questionable call in round 10 that cost him a six-gold buckle, which would have tied him for the record on gold buckle account in the Bulldog and with Homer Pettigrew. And even in the moment, in the arena, like, he, oh, he, he, he he's like, thinks he, he won it all. Just like Coleman yeah. went crazy, like, he's high-fiving people in the gold buckle front row, whatever. Luke, for that split second, he knows he just won the world. Yeah. And then he realizes... You know, this this very could have gone either way call, you know, coin toss at best, whatever you want to say. The grace he showed, too, like, it, that's really hard to do. But, you know, these guys, I feel like they feel that, like what Coleman said, sometimes the ball bounces your way, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, I've seen, you know, Trevor Brazil and Travis Graves won Salinas one year with a hickey horn in one round. And... And then a different day, it, it did not go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just... It happens. It I happens. Just, we're, we're humans. And again, and because there's lots... Good morning. Thanks for having me on your Hi, show, Flint. Flint. You guys <laughs> go to go to Hi. the big trade show and watch a really great show. Um, I, so there, this has been all over, and everybody's talking about it. And and just don't use the excuse, well, we probably shouldn't start replay because we've got 600 rodeos. Start somewhere. And this this one you this know, one might start be a at good the spot. very biggest rodeos this maybe might, this might be a good spot to right you know test it at big rodeos test right. it test it make sure it's right to get it dialed in and then it. I agree with you if if it's dialed in and it and it, it functions as it should of course that's yeah. where we should be Isn't headed. There are other rodeo events that have replay already? Well, the PBR has been doing it for a long time. The, the WCRA, WCRA does it does it and you know so. Because I've been a part of, originally, you and I, Greg, were a part of setting up the camera options and things of this sort and how to do that in a credible way. But I, I don't want to care. That's too long on that. Yeah. Um, but but so before we move past the, the team repping, though, last night, um, three teams split the round, round seven, in the team roping. And <laughs> Clint Summers and Jake Long. Really? Um, Clay Smith and Peyton Bray. Um, and then... Hold on. There you Derek go. Begay and Coulter Todd. And I'm thrilled for all of them. A, a, a big twist on the, on the downside last night was uh, average leaders, Andrew Warden, Buddy Hawkins. Um, that was a big, a big swap. Um, Buddy missed last night, and that sucked for them. But there were there were big turns in every event. A, a big turn to back up a step in the bulldogging last was last night. Um, a steer getting away from JD Struxness. Yep. That was that was a Takes huge. That away. These the tide can turn at any time, and that's where like guys talk about coming in. It's a it's a dangerous play to come in here thinking I'm going to win the average, because you know the people like Jake Barnes and Clay Cooper have talked to me. You know T Woman for years. On strategy, they're like, you better be winning on the ones that'll let you win something, even if it's a small check in the go-rounds, because if you put all your eggs in the average basket and then 
you come on to eight, round eight or nine, and a, I mean, a steer stops, a steer drags, you hickey a horn, you slip a leg, and now you've won nothing, and you have one or two rounds left. It's pucker factor horrible to well, ha- try to salvage the week. Now, in 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 self confession here, this is the most I've studied the NFR <laughs> because of this podcast ever. Because remember, I skirt on the outsides, right? And I hear the news and stuff. But correct me if I'm wrong. But the way I understand it, Derek Begay and Coulter Todd are the only one with. Complete runs on seven. Is uh, that right? If you think I've done any homework over, So I think they're the only ones on seven. And for any of you, real quick, for any of you rodeo people that are just starting to listen and get into rodeo, so they call it an average, but it's really an aggregate. I mean, it's a collection of scores not divided by anything. But the one thing that makes it unique is, so in the timed events, it would be the lowest collection of scores but it's on the most competitive qualified runs. And so when I say that they're the only team left on seven, they caught all seven steers. I'm pretty darn sure that second place in the aggregate is on six, right? Which is a whole nother bucket, right? Because if you if they if they don't miss a steer, if they have a qualified run from here on out, they've got it. No one can beat them. No one can beat them. Yeah. So that is just, so now I'm watching those guys, and you know they're thinking qualified run. Yeah, but, and yet they won the round last night going for it. So, exactly. you know, those guys are, those guys are straight off the freaking desert, and, and they're, um, they're not going to pass up on a dollar bill on the side of the street on, in, any, in any round. Um, so shall we move on to the bronc riding? Yes, ma'am. Um, so... Okay, one thing I'll say. Kate Bruno won the sixth round. Who won it last night? I don't even have it circled. I'm that tired. I've got... I have all the... I've got... I I did all my work on the average, so... Who won I've got all the scores written down. Um, So, anyway... Damien. Damien. Okay, Damien struck again. Damien's our college champ. He was 87 points. I just hadn't put the circle on there yet. Um, something that stuck out to me in the six... He shared it with Ryder. He shared it with... With Ryder. Right. I do remember that. Ryder, right. Okay, yeah. so on that... Great bronc rides, by the way. Um, Ryder, right. Okay, so so Stetson Wright, who has to have surgery on his hamstring, they're going to make an incision right beneath his, I think, right butt cheek this coming week, and... I can't remember if he said six or eight anchors it's going to take to um, to kind of tie him back together. And he said the way it was explained to him, they're going to use basically fishing line to to put him back together. And he's not sure how long he's going to be, be out. But Stetson, um, it, it, to see him, like he was a couple nights ago or so before the rodeo, we were like back there's couches and chairs in the in the press room that are kind of in the back corner and i sat down with him and we both had tears in our eyes because his dream of a triple crown this year is over but that kid who's jumping up and down and screaming and you know like he said i've cried like a little girl this week (laughs) but now um he said i i've thought to myself why me but my parents looked at me and said why don't you flip that to try me and so he's oh, out cool. there every day. His, he cannot win his triple crown that he was dreaming of 
But he's twisted it in his mind. What can I do? What he wants to do now is win a triple crown with a twist for Stetson Wright. And that is his all-around buckle, brother Ryder Wright winning the bronc riding, and Kai Hamilton, his traveling partner and best friend, winning the bull riding. That's the new triple crown for Stetson Wright in 2023. And I thought, you know what? That's so cool. I want to say something because I've seen Dwayne Danes here wheeling around in his wheelchair, a dear friend of mine, all of ours from, from forever, and he still shows up in his wheelchair. But, but in round six, Wednesday morning, when that horse went down in the chute with Zeke Thurston, that's a very, very, very dangerous place. And in the chute is where, you know, Dwayne Danes, I keep wanting to say Erickson after my uh, amazing late media friend who was the greatest character of all time from Canada. But, but that box, when a horse or a bull, you know, flips or, go, or, or and, and I've seen some cowboy stuff, you know, uh, Timer used to feel like if bulls were down on their belly even, he'd nod for them because he's like, hey, they have to get up before they leave the chute. So that was his way. But, but seeing a horse down in the chute with Zeke, I mean, that's, that's, that can be, you know, people don't think much about it until it does happen, but that can be a life-threatening situation. It's, it's really scary. So you're in, a, you're in a pre-fret steel box, and it's very, it's, it is very, very scary anytime you see it. And even these horses that rear out, right, there's, you know, but there was a time when they didn't even have pads on the, ro- on the slides. I mean, it's, it's still very, very dangerous. On the bronc riding, on the average, I'll just talk about the average stuff. I thought this was interesting. interesting. Um, Zeke on seven head. So he's ridden all of them, 600 points. All the way down to ninth, green, Road seven with 564 points. So really that aggregate. So again, someone gets thrown off, right? You've got, you've got that many guys actually technically in the hunt for the average. And I'm, I'm going to mention something because, because one of these guys, Oat and I happen, we had to do a quick and dirty lunch after his event a couple days ago. And we ended up in Panera and there were, Rodeo announcers and bronc riders in there. And I was just going to add one little side note. We came into this week assuming and thinking that, like, historically, you know, the bronc riders picked the horses because you had made mention about, you know, sometimes you're not sure. And the bronc riders informed me that uh, the NFRC, the National Finals Rodeo Committee, was actually had some – they kind of overrode – some of the choices the they, bronc riders they made. They have final say. So the, the, the bronc riders, the way I understand it, and I'll get corrected if I'm wrong, bronc riders to event rep, right? Event rep right. to NFRC who can... How can it not be, like, period? Well, I, I, I agree with that, but I think that was really probably set up more as a safety clause to make sure that that event couldn't be taken hostage and X, it's all easy E-pins. I, I don't know. Um, I'll just say that the current Bronc Riders are pretty disappointed that people who rode 25, 30 years ago could override what they feel. Hi, Billy. Speaking of Billy. Um, Billy's not who I'm talking about, but 
I, that's a very slippery slope. That's a very, I understand, I guess I'm seeing your point. I get it. There, you know, you have to stop gap, you know, for extremes, you have things in place, but if it actually comes out where we're seeing, we're, we're sort of questioning sometimes what happens. And then the bronc riders themselves tell me, oh, well, we didn't want that horse here, but somebody besides the bronc riders picked it. I, it, yeah, you know, I, I don't just, I think you're right. And, you know, and, and no matter what the formula is for picking all of the animals and 10 days in this kind of stress level, someone would question, right? You it, can't it, make everybody happy. Every, you're going to create. And, and, I, and I agree with you in these cases where this stuff, because we don't we don't have any hard facts on what was picked, what wasn't picked. Certain animals fit certain animals. I do, but I'm not going to say because it's too incriminating. Okay. Well, then let's not go there. Let's keep no. moving. Okay. So, so the tie-down roping. So uh, yesterday, okay, in, in the morning, round six, um, <laughs> Caleb Schmidt and Pockets strike again. I believe it was their third round. Third round win, right? Uh, of the week. And, and cool is that, like, yesterday I couldn't go to Oates Jr. Steer Wrestling, but Oat at the, at the convention center had to hold his go-round photo that Andy Watson took for to wait on Caleb Schmidt to get there because yesterday was the Will Byler Memorial um, buckle and uh, Trevor Craner won it. He was four flat, but, but they had to wait on Caleb Schmidt, brother-in-law of Will Byler, who the, who the award was, was, and I thought that was cool. The, the Bylers and the Ackermans who lost their daughter Bailey the same night, you know, after, Will and Bailey's wedding. Right. Um, such a, such a strong, tight family, and so so that was cool. When we're talking about the tie down roping today, holy cow, Haven Medjid. So he's first out last night in round seven, on his little sorrel horse, little punch, who's been on point. He did. He didn't start on him. I think he started on Smoke, his bay horse. But anyway. He's first out, he's winning the average, and he's 6'4 and sets a new, taking two wraps, no less, a new NFR record. I mean, that was pretty badass. Yeah, but the next, the next run. Oh, my God. You know, okay. And, and that's not controversial, but yes. No. Then the next no. run, kind of like that night when uh, Jojo Lamond was... Three four was it Jojo Lamont and Randon Adams? They're three four, and then just a not a minute later, that's when Chad Masters because the record had been three five. Then then Chad Masters and Jay Corkle set the record that's three three, which Coleman and yep. uh, Logan just tried to beat when they were three one in controversy. But um, for Haven, yes. So then we turn around and and then very next run is Old Money Mayfield. And he's six. What? No, it was so great. And, and did you see him? He's he's. Oh, he's yeah. trying. Right? Everybody trying. Trying. Going insane. To get the he's got to ride forward. <laughs> I don't know how many seconds it was because he rode forward. Um, he he rode over to the judge afterwards because it's like, and it, I mean, he was a good sport about it, but yep. oh my god, uh, and he wanted to see heartbreaking the clock to see, you know, yep. what. Yep. what what it said and I don't know what it said but it wasn't like the calf got up you know one or two seconds in so 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. But but I mean, the the the, the calf ropers are putting on a pretty fair show here. It's been a really really good, great tie down roping. And but if you really look at the aggregate, now remember as we talk about this. First place, if you win this aggregate that I keep talking about, that's $78,000 on top of your winnings. So it literally gives away gold buckles. Okay, that's why it's big to me right now. Here's, here, let me quote Joe Beaver. He's always said, if you want to contend for a gold buckle, you need, you're probably going to need two checks in round 10. Yeah. As yeah, in the go round and then yeah. the average. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the average comes in to either bite you or... And really, there's in the in this aggregate average, it's really tough. Riley and Haven, on seven, a fifty-three. Whoop! Oh well, that's good. At least they can see you and not me. Haven with fifty-three two, Riley with fifty-five seven, and Tough with fifty-five eight. So, or, so fifty-three, fifty-five, fifty-five. So I mean, there there's the race there for that seventy-eight thousand dollars onward. But and by the way, Tough Cooper is is tiptoeing up. I mean, he came in 15th. He, he hail married it to get here. And he's very quietly, I, I didn't check this morning, but I he'd made either. it from 15th to 7th a, a day or so ago. But like, I think that's that mindset, right? Of maybe, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure Trevor's talking to him, and that is just just go do it, right? He's you don't being have to prove anything. So cool headed. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, it's fun for me sitting right down to my left. There, there's a couple really fun. I sit with Luke Brown's family every night, but right down below me is Alexis Kimsey, you know, Sage's wife. That's fun to watch. And then right to her left is Roy Cooper. It's, That's I mean, you know, our studied group. It's, it's fun. And, and you know, All super right. looper. Keep, keep leading us. Keep, keep rolling. Okay, so, um, Emily Beisel and Liza, which has been super interesting. We've only seen Chong go once in the first round here, and, and she hit a barrel, but but she went to her Sioux Falls champ, you know, mayor, Liza, and she she won the sixth round. Um, who won last night? Brittany, right? Yeah. Brittany. Brittany. Yeah, Brittany won. Yes. Okay. Brittany, talk about gamesmanship. Brittany is like, she's playing the short and long game, but she, she, how fun. She, uh, well, I believe, she's, she started on Benny, and then yesterday morning, Wednesday morning, when, when we had two runs in a day, she goes over to Birdie, taps Birdie, gets a good run out of Birdie, lets Benny go ahead and have his 24-hour break, and then she comes back and takes it to him, you know, in the seventh round. Um, she's uh, what she became one of the few women who have won over a million dollars. Top three, yeah. And 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 so those ha they have to be the same three million dollar women, right? right? Yeah. So it's Sherry Servey, Lisa Lockhart, and Brittany Posey Tanazi. Um, really, uh, you know, sh she's, <laughs> she's she's so she's, she's just a pro. She's a pro, and she's and she's leaving. Nothing, but she's leaving nothing to chance here. And she's not making. We're seeing a lot of these. They're, so they're all they're all mounted now, really, right? There's no, there's no obvious. Well, well besides the, the young horse. Okay, the one that the young that horse. hurts my heart 
Tacey Matthews yeah. having to come here without Pop Rocks. I, I understand. But, you know, then she's ridden Bud the Stud, and now she's riding Bud's daughter, Stoli. Stoli being five years old. You can see, and I don't know what I talked to Tacey before we started. I don't know what she's thinking at this moment, but Tacey Matthews is a cow girl. And, and what seeing her um, on, a, on a five-year-old, to me, I'm wondering... Is she thinking, okay, probably not going to win a lot this week, but when I get here next year, Stoli will have been here and done it, and, and that's what I'm sort of wondering because Stoli is clearly so talented, but this is a these are some scorching spotlights to run into as a five-year-old. Well, and not take anything away from her and the young horse, but my my kind of overall point on this is I think it's an interesting barrel racing competition because the ground has been good and even, and now it's, you, you see more hit barrels or I, I guess I notice them and you can tell that the girls know that they, they didn't hit, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's because of a slight slip, right? Not, not, not a slip in the ground, but a slip in a movement, the positioning horse head, and it, it's really going back to the rider because they're all they're all they're all overall mounted on juice, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And and something of note, you know, like you say, one little slip. I think Sue Smith, who's by the way sixty eight years old, she in the in our morning round yesterday, the sixth round. She was either winning or, or she was way up top in the in the average, and one tiny little slip and she hits the barrel. You know that's that's the game of inches that we play. But um, anything can happen to Brittany, right? I mean, so that's again that's yeah. what we're telling all of you that maybe are just now starting to kind of pay attention to the NFR. This is fur, as my partner would say, fur real drama. Right here and competition. That's what the Shakota boys say. We ain't fur it. You, you fur it a lot, and that's okay. Everybody likes fur. All so, right. so okay. You want a bull ride now? What a story. Okay. Well, before oh we get to that, word. let me say this. So many people, my phone. I, full disclosure, I do not, I cannot not answer hundreds of messenger messages every day and that's what I get and I've always been such a strong proponent of everybody deserves an answer so I will when we get off here when we're driving to the convention center for Oats event I will tell people what's going on why T Parker the 19 year old rookie of the year did not get on in the bull riding last night he has a uh, his a strain on I think it's on his right side um, I don't know which round it happened in, but the fact of the matter is he didn't get on last night, which means automatically because it's an injury situation, he can't get on. You have to sit out at least two rounds. Well, if you remember on Tuesday night when he got off, he had a heavy, heavy bull. He was holding his arm. His, his arm. I remember yeah. that. And, I mean, sort of Cowboys. I mean, look at Oren Larson, your guy, oh. Oren Larson, Greg. Oh, my God. Oh. He's he's like been he looks like a Confederate soldier. Yeah. Uh, and yet... You know, they, they, they keep trying. But I'm just saying, um, T. Parker, I mean, he's, he's only 19 years old. Right elbow sprain. His status is questionable, but he won't be, he won't be getting on again tonight. He's not on tonight, too? Okay. You have to sit out twice now, and then reevaluate for rounds 9 and 10. So I'm going to let you, in fairness, because you've been leading the charge here, you kind of go through... Great, by the great post again. A typical Kendra Santos. The photo, 
of the greats in there with Kai is that's what makes you fantastic. But I'm going to let you take the lead on this. And then if you miss any of the good stuff, I'll bring it up in the end. Okay. So for one, it's not me. My, my life and my career have come to me. It is not me. I really like 1.38 a.m., I get a ping on my phone, and it's C.J. Aragon, a very good friend of mine forever, who is, I typed back when we typed every name before the computer <laughs> system was able to do it for us. I typed C.J. Aragon's name a thousand times, and the steward's like, Dwayne Danes, we just talked about him. There he goes. We did. <laughs> Hi, we were just talking about you. <laughs> good to see you. All right, good thank you. you. So... Why does this happen to us? I know, this it's is, great. Uh, this is exact thing that happened in the night. Okay, so in the middle of the night. So, so Kai Hamilton gets jerked down. He does get knocked out. But so I get this picture, and it's got $7 million man J.B. Mooney, Dusty Technus, the bullfighter, who was right there praying over Kai when he's knocked out on face down in the arena dirt. Um, Stetson Wright, who's you know Kai's best friend and traveling partner, and there are the four of them, and they're at the UMC Trauma Center here in Vegas. Okay, so so this is the, this is the group, and so before the sun came up, I get a call from CJ, and he's you know Stetson has been crazy amazing at, and uh, of what you know the things he's told me this week and the things for them to trust me is like oh my god but this is why between yesterday mornings between the doubleheader performances I sat notes truck in that parking lot and wrote this story about Kai Hamilton because he broke a rib he broke the first rib right beneath his collarbone and he had a bruised lung well okay so so if some things that happened for one you spend the night in the hospital can you or cannot, can you not get off? They, they keep him there for observation. They let him out. And then he has, in the morning at the Thomas and Mac, he has the talk, the famous talk with Tandy Freeman Andy. from the Justin Sports Medicine team who, who basically assesses, here he is an orthopedic surgeon. Tandy assesses straight away with you, is it a matter of playing with pain, like it was for Stetson Wright earlier this week, or... Or is it a matter of you're risking your life, you're risking injury, and you, you have virtually zero chance of, of winning anything anyway? So, right. so, but the spiritual advisors, the bad asses that were in that trauma center all night with Kai Hamilton, I mean, so, okay, another thing, I, I wasn't on social media at 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning, but out of that room of guys that I couldn't, you know, admire more for what they've done. And they tell you like it is every time, which straight shitting me appreciates so much. Apparently the social media haters and hecklers went to town on JB Mooney and said, it's your fault that, you know, Kai's hurt because, because you, you made him stop wearing a helmet. Uh, folks, it's not true. And, um, so there's some factors here. Okay, Stetson chooses to wear a helmet. Kai what, used to wear a helmet, just like J.B. Mooney used to wear a helmet, but, but J.B. and Kai are, are on the taller side, and what they figured out for themselves, um, Kai came to this earlier this year. He bucked off at places like Fort Worth and Denver. 
and and he was having hell. So he dials up his buddy JB, who will shoot you straight every time, and they go to the practice pen. And what Ty comes out of that practice pen with was, as a taller guy, that extra weight at the end of my neck is it, just it, it's making me feel top heavy. And for Kai and for JB, it's not because they just you know, JB might smoke and drink, but you know, a those are his lungs and his liver. And, but, but that's a decision he made because he felt he rode better without the extra weight. And, and again, they're not telling kids to do this or don't do this. This is all a personal decision. But at this level of this game, these guys' lives are on the line. Their livelihoods are on the line. And it's their decision, period, for me. Um, but, but I'm just saying, after going to the, you know, having this epiphany on his own, Kai runs right to Houston and dominates. Right. And, and he's been riding in a hat and, and personal choice, but that's what works for him. And the fact that Kai Hamilton checks out of the hospital, goes straight to the sports medicine room, gets on in the morning, makes a whistle, which, okay, that's one thing in the spinners and he places. Then last night when he gets on, those were not the spinners. He's the last guy to ride and the only guy to make the whistle, Stetson Wright's going ape shit on the back of that shoot because it's almost as good as him winning himself. And Kai wins, I think it was $99,053. And by the way, that, that ground money in the bull riding, per the bull riders voting for it, that counts in the world standings. So now, now let's, let's talk. Before we do that, okay. I want to take a step back. So this is... this. This, this is hearsay source talk. Kai comes comes up for the talk with Tandy. Again, secondhand information. Tandy says, probably best that you not get on this morning. So there was discussion about him having two bulls later in the day. And I, I heard some negative feedback because... Sage said, well, you can't do that. Well, that's right. You can't do that. You either get on, you get on when everybody gets on. And so Sage doesn't deserve anything negative on that. And so JB, I understand, is there. And, you know, you got Tandy and JB. And, and the way I understand it, JB said to him, hey, he's not telling you what to do. He, he's, 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 he's given you a choice. He's given you advice, right, on this. And what I heard was said, as Kai said, well, you don't pay my fees, I'm getting on. That's what I heard. I, I had heard some of that from the trauma center that these guys were saying basically, hey, we're independent contractors. Um, this is, you know. Now there's a, but there's got to, what I don't know, and I, I have zero, but there's got to be a concussion protocol. Okay, I oh, assume. I want to I talk about that a second. Um, the concussion situation, yes. It, it, back, the, I kind of blew blew that to not say it about the helmet versus the hat. So, uh, so many people, in, uh, you know, including the PRCA, reported that Kai hit heads with that bull when he got I jerked down. No, yeah. um, to be clear, it was blunt force trauma to the chest, sort of like you could get knocked out if your airbags go off in a car wreck. Um, he had. Part of why he was basically cleared before he left the hospital, he passed all protocol for post-concussion. He had no head trauma. 
He had not a scratch oh. on his face. He had no brain injury. So, so that's part of it. And, and to also back up, Dusty Tuckness, 15-time NFR bullfighter, uh, 10-time bullfighter of the year, in that trauma center, Dusty, because he has more ER experience than any of them, in part because he's older, he, he spent extra time with those doctors. He asked extra questions. He was taking notes. And then he would go into this panel that included Kai, Stetson, JB, and Kai's parents and would say, hear in plain English so you can understand it. That's cool. So that, you know, this is what they're saying. These are your options. These are potential consequences. You know, Dusty Tugness was like a friend and, and the lifesaver that he is, but way outside of the arena and fighting bulls. Like he, he really that. came He's through. And then the moment um, I used Fernando Sampson's picture of it, when Kai gets off that bull, he's not smiling in, in the Wednesday round six after spending the night in the hospital. When oh. he steps off that bull, he wasn't smiling. Make no mistake, he's in a lot of pain. What does he do? His first thing, he goes over to Dusty Tuckness, who's been his you know, advisor Party. all night, and sticks his hand on Dusty Tuckness's chest right where Dusty's heart beats. That was like a moment. I don't know how many people saw it, but to me, that's where I sit there and go, oh, my God. So, Kai Hamilton. First in the world, $516,667. First in the average, 514.5 points on six of seven bowls. Um, this, he's at his fourth NFR. He's now won $262,502 here this week. A ground money for everybody knowing. Ground money never counts toward the all-around, which is fair, or the top gun. But he, he does lead the top gun standings. And, I mean... Can you imagine this story if it continues like this? If he if he keeps it up, it'll be great. So we got a couple minutes left. So it's just it's just a great story. There's so much here, people. It's so exciting. So we've only got a couple minutes left, but we don't want to leave out our people that reach out to us with feedback. Greg, what do you got for for feedback today? And we want to thank everybody. We'll be back here again tomorrow, and we're going to quickly hit on feedback, and then we're going to. Well, we have, some, we have some good feedback, but you know, since we're running short, here's one I'm going to drop on you guys because I thought it was a very interesting question. <clears throat> they said, And this kind of goes with what we've just been talking about. It says, do you all feel that the NFR is really showing the new era of athletes? We have seen a lot of these guys coming for a few years, and now it's their time, and just a few old vets left about every one except for barrels. This was from... Well, I don't know what they mean by are they showing them? I mean, we're watching them in every round. I don't know what that exactly means. I think what they're trying to say is like, do you think this is the new era of athletes coming up? You well, know, there's, there's so many young guys. In there's the clearly park. some turnover. So many first. There's always turnover. I don't. Yeah. There, I don't. I don't think that, that that this now in the bareback riding, there's the biggest crop of young bareback riders that we've seen in a long time. With the exception of that, there's always the young turnover and you're always when we're first starting to talk at the first NFR we're like will the rookie handle the yellow shoots right so this is I don't think it's <clears throat> that much different um, the, the, we just talked about the animals being bred to buck and the genetics now and I was talking to Bobby Moat last night and I said you know now that they're breeding horses and bulls to buck you know I remember back when I was in the PBR saying if I could if I could genetically take you know, um, 
um, Justin McBride, or maybe <laughs> we were even kidding about, you know, could you draw the rights, right, and say, oh, you know, and, you, and with the Jackie Joe Kersey and start to create these superhumans to match these super animals that yep. they're creating. And so I, I don't think that I, I think it might look like that. But for me, there's always there's always a crop of newcomers. I will say there's more bareback riders. There's more young, talented bareback riders than I've seen in a while. Absolutely. And after winning the first two rounds, again, for the rocker haters, the last three rounds have not gone how he wanted them to. And to his credit, at 19 years old, with a year of extra maturity from last year, he's put his head down and walked out of the arena. I mean, yep. you know, yep. good for him. And also, I sit with Luke Brown's family every night. He's 49 years old. He's the oldest cowboy here. Really cool to see him take a victory lap and do really well. He's been three, I don't know, more than once, and that's fun, too. I don't think, I don't see any, um, you know, biased coverage at all. I just feel like they're just taking it as it comes, yeah, which is I, what we do. I agree do. with that. I agree with that. And I don't think there's any big change in the fields, if that's what she's saying. The groups of contestants, short of the fabric riders. Any other ones that we should hit? Uh, sure. There was another interesting one here. We'll do one more, and then we'll call it a day. By the way, we're sitting right by Benny Binion's statue. With a, If you've never been here, he's got his Santa hat on and the... And his the, horse is winking the at garnish, us. garnish, and the horse is looking right at us. Here's a question from 719. They were wondering, um, why does tie-down get two loops, and when did the team roping stop getting two loops? You know, I don't remember the year of the, of the, that the team roping stopped being three loops. Um, the tie-down ropers, that is their, that's their decision, and, and so presumably that's the decision of the, of the team ropers to stop doing the three I, I told us earlier, but I think I think it's funny enough to tell that that Marcus Terrio, who's here for his first time, used to cheer for team reppers and calf reppers to miss because he wanted to see them, you know, use that, that second, second loop. build. And it's scary if and and Joe Joe B talked about it when those calves go left around there by that camera pit, right? The way those guys get off, there's Rex been in that corner. Okay. You're thinking Cody Ol a little bit, maybe. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so that that always kind of gets me a little freaked out. But so to answer the question specifically, it sounds like it's in the contestant base's hands in their in their policies and rules that, that they put forward and vote on and agree to, and that's the way they do it. And 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 I don't. I think it's fine. I think it's. I think it's fine too. And you have to have a second loop tied on in order, you know, to use it. Um, and you'll see guys as the week goes on that, that are out of the average that stop tying on the second loop. But I do agree that it's fun to watch. I used to think it was really fun to watch the team reppers who had to actually rebuild and use three. There was some real creative amazing stuff. fishermen. Yeah, you know? amazing stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we want to, again, hats off to Ryan Growney and Mr. Gone. Um, real touch on real quick before we get out. There, there's, you know. Oh, there's old sharp nose, Chuck Kite. Um, we uh, there, there's there's some underdwellings about breakaway, right? And you know there was some there was some signs brought to the fan zone, and UNLV said, look, if you're going to bring signs to the fan zone, you have to petition for that. If you're going to do distribution of them, so they weren't allowed to distribute them. It was it's simply UNLV policy, okay? That if you're going to distribute stuff, you've got to get it approved. Um, and so, you know, there, there's more conversation to be had in the future, not today, on breakaway roping and how it evolves here in a very legendary 
set of events with a brand new up and coming event. So. And to be clear also, because I bumped into to some breakaway rappers at lunch, just like I did the Bronc Riders, um, there is a real range of opinions on how they feel they should go about that. And so, you know, to be continued on that, but, but some of the breakaway rappers want to, you know, pound it down your throat and some of them want to be a little bit more, use a little more finesse. Well, here's the, we'll have a whole conversation on this, but it seems to me that when breakaway roping is at every rodeo, at that point it should be equal money, right? If it's at every pro rodeo, then I think it should be equal money. But more, way more conversation on that in the future. But on behalf of Kendra, uh, Greg Teagarden, and myself, we really appreciate you. If you're not, be a subscriber. If you're a subscriber of No Spin, it'll let you know when one of ours come out because we'll go back on a two-week rotation. Well, I don't even know. We may go through Christmas and not start till January. But thank you for joining us here on No Spin Rodeo. We really appreciate you. We appreciate the wonderful South Point Hotel. We'll see you tomorrow for Episode 16 of No Spin Rodeo.